Good morning from a beautiful Pacific Northwest. It is indeed June 16th, and yeah, it's a Tuesday, 2015. My name is Chris. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 183, and it is E3 week. Right now, Nintendo is giving their press conference as we do the show. Yesterday, there was a bunch of big press conferences going. I watched the Sony one. I watched the Microsoft one, the Ubisoft one, and I watched a lot of the live stream coverages. There's four or five high production live streams coming out of E3 for like 11 to 12 hours yesterday, tons and tons of content. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to boil all that down into about three brief stories for you. <laughs> so you just, you can get like all you need right here. I watched it all for you, and you just get the updates. And of course, we'll have lots of links if you want to read more. But before we get to E3, there was a serious security I noticed yesterday, and probably affects a lot of the Jupiter Broadcasting audience because a lot of you are LastPass users. So let's talk about this LastPass story. But first, we got to bring in the mumble room. Time appropriate greetings, mumble room. Hello. Hello. I know you guys are already hip to this story. The whole internet knows about it. Yesterday, LastPass announced that it was hacked. It says its secure vault storing user passwords was not accessed. So your passwords, individual passwords, your individual site passwords were not accessed. But account email address, password reminders like, hey, you need to reset these passwords, and perhaps even your master password were compromised. Now, the master password, crazy encrypted, crazy salted, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're pretty confident. They say, we're confident our encryption measures are sufficient to protect the vast majority of users. LastPass strengthens our authentication hash with a random salt and 100,000 rands of server-side PBKDF2 SHA-256. I'll have to ask Alan what the hell that first part is. Uh, in addition to the rounds performed on the client side, so they're also doing encryption on the client side, too, uh, the additional strengthening makes it difficult to uh, attack the stolen hashes. So your master password's likely safe. However, nonetheless... They recommend that you change your passwords. So if you log in from a new IP or device, they're going to have to verify your email address unless you have multi-factor enabled like I do. And as an added precaution, they're also prompting users to update their master password. Any thoughts, Mumble Room? It was just a matter of time till it happened. This isn't the first time. This is actually not the first time they've had some sort of breach. Now, the last time they weren't as clear as to what was taken. But they, they did say, hey, we think something might have gone amiss. I mean, LastPass is a big target, right? Yeah, but now it's like salts, hashes, master passwords. You might as well just change all your passwords besides your master password just to be safe. Because you don't know. Like, people people are literally using um, GPU technology to crack passwords now. So even though you think, oh, Bitcoin, it's up, well, now they're applying that kind of same methodology to password cracking. So it's not just done on the CPU anymore. You can just get a whole bunch of video cards and do it. So right, you might but even, well at, even at this to... scale, when we're talking, uh, 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 I mean, a, a random, uh, you got a hash with a random salt and 100,000 rounds of, rounds of server-side uh, additional encryption. So you have Rekai's take on it. Rekai's chat room says, uh, this is the intrusion overall makes them more confident in LastPass. They seem to be following correct practices. And being really transparent with the whole thing. <sighs> hmm. This is a tough call because there's no way around the fact. Capitalize that, your name, you fucking creeper. <laughs> there's no way sneaking in here. There's no way around the fact. How do you how do you get around the fact that LastPass has a huge target on their head, like on the painted right on them? That's cool. Right. I figured. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I don't know. I, am I going to quit using LastPass? No. I feel still, even in the, after this breach, it's probably better to use LastPass than not to have passwords for each site. Now, I think it's also probably a good chance to mention there's other sol- solutions out there. 
key pass we've mentioned before. Uh, what other guys, any other password managers you love? I pretty much use KeePass, and I just keep the database on just one place, pretty much, to use. And uh, it's I usually a physical USB. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think KeePass is probably one of the more pop- popular ones amongst the audience. Uh, change your LastPass master password. That's obviously got to be your next step. Get that done. Um, you can always run their password audit, too. But remember, the master password database itself is supposed to be safe. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more discussion about this on uh on TechSnap this week i don't know some people i know some people are saying they're bailing now this is making them bail from LastPass. uh i say that's got to be your decision but there are steps you could take to make LastPass safer two factors a really good one i agree two factor for sure any other thoughts mumble room on the last pass stuff before we move on okay I'd like to, you know, I feel like this is one that the audience probably has a lot of feedback on. So if you guys want to go over to the subreddit, techtalktoday.reddit.com, and toss your feedback into uh, the thread for this episode, we'll have a feedback thread over there. I'd like to hear what you think about LastPass now. Has it made you change your use of it? Am I being naive for saying, yeah, this sucks, but it's not the end of the world and nothing's perfect? Like, KeePass could have a flaw in the code that makes it vulnerable. Uh, A lot of people on the Mac platform. Yeah, go ahead. It's op- it's open source, so you can, like, I mean, anybody could audit yeah. it and yeah. go through and, and so check is, it. So uh, is, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know, Bash is open source. OpenSSL is, so- is open source. Yeah, true. I, I think, I don't think people necessarily have to switch. They just have to be very aware and just yeah. follow what happens with LastPass and just make sure, you know, change your, your master password if you feel that all that's been compromised. If you don't... If you feel others have been compromised, you might as well change this, too. But How about you, this? Must, you need to pay attention. What do you think of this, WW? How about if you're going to use LastPass, don't wait around for them to get hacked to change your master password from time to time. Don't wait around for them to get hacked to use two-factor. Exactly. Use two-factor now. Change. You don't have to change your password like every day, every hour. But, you know, <laughs> every week, every month, that might be a good idea to, yeah. to follow up on that, yeah. you know? Yeah, sometimes it's easier to say it than do it, but uh, in this case, I think it's so important. If you're going to if you're going to assume the risk of using a hosted password ser- service, it's probably um, incumbent upon you to take on those additional inconveniences because it's a small trade off for the convenience of LastPass. And if you're not willing to do those kinds of things all the time, then look into something like KeePass, something like that. One password is another option on the Mac side. I heard a lot of iOS and Mac users talk about that. Um, I want to now shift gears to E3. Really interesting. The big story out of E3 this year, uh, honestly, from Microsoft camp, is the fact that they're going to support 360 titles. That got so much freaking applause from the audience, I couldn't believe it. People are really, really excited about playing their old console games on their new console. It's funny, because that's like, like the, that's what that's like comes inherent with the PC gaming platform. So it's kind of interesting to see me, to see them get so excited about something that's just sort of, and I, and, and it was, and, and to that point, they were doing an interview at the YouTube booth after the show, and uh, the old guy, the, the old guy that developed it, no, he's not old, but he doesn't work at Microsoft anymore, and now there's a new guy, Phil, who runs the, the Xbox division, but the guy that used to run the Xbox division for the original Xbox, they asked him on this YouTube interview show, they said, is this a response to Steam? Yeah, it is. Is this a response to the fact that you have all of your games on Steam, and you can download them, and they're still compatible with your machine. Is this Microsoft having to respond to Valve? And the old guy that developed the Xbox, the original Xbox, said he thinks it is. He thinks this is pressure from Steam, which that's really interesting. Um, and so Microsoft announced a lot of things. 
you guys know about all the games and probably all that stuff. I'm going to we'll get, get to some of that in a minute. I want to talk about the really neat things that they talked about. And um, I want to start, though, with something that's kind of curious because it's going to be an interesting year for controllers. The Valve controller is about to come out, and Microsoft has unveiled a $150 Xbox Elite controller with hair triggers, sensitivity options, swappable steel joystick pads. Um, so I don't know. Microsoft's getting – Microsoft actually is – you know what? This makes a lot of sense. They're well known for having a pretty good controller, and uh, so they now have one with replaceable parts. $150 controller. The controller competition is heating up. This or a Valve controller, Mumble Room? If you could only buy one, which one is it? Yeah, you don't well, get to try well. either one. Really? Really? I actually think Microsoft probably has a better shot of making a better controller out of the gate because this is Valve. This is new for Valve. Actually, one of those shots you showed reminded me that a while ago or a couple of years ago, um, some, I think, Steel Series or some other company made a kind of pseudo thing that goes over your Xbox controller. Yes. So that, function, that functionality that MS showing has been around for years on another, on like something that you added and bought independently. And now they're just adding it on to that, ripping them off and just charging you 150 bucks for it. Yeah. It's like, really? That is kind of funny. That is well. There you go. Mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be compatible with Windows, which probably means it'll work on Linux too. Uh, now let's talk about that. So there's the controller. That was interesting. Now Hololens and Minecraft. You all, you all know that's where the sweet spot is. And they gave off a pretty impressive demo. I'll show you a little bit of it right here. Allowing the entire audience to see the holograms. Now this is a live demo with real working code. Let's show what it can do. This is going to be amazing for you audio listeners. They're up on stage right now. The guy puts on the HoloLens glass. All you of this is being rendered Minecraft in real time. You know today on HoloLens. Sax grabbed his Xbox controller to play through a giant holographic portal into a 3D Minecraft world right on the wall. So in the Minecraft Even game. Even though I don't have a HoloLens, I'm able to play together with Sax from my Surface. <laughs> Are you going to come join my game, Lydia? I'm in now. Now, this I is the cool you. part. Jumping around. One of the cool things about HoloLens is that it lets you display Minecraft virtually anywhere. You can get different perspectives on your Minecraft world. It's awesome to play with the controller, but could we show them something new, Sax? So they have a table sure. on the stage here. Let's take our experience off the wall and then put it on the table over here. Now watch this. Create world. And it starts to build a Minecraft world in real time. This is really happening, too. This isn't a demo of code. This is live code. And look at that, and it raises up out of the table. And now there's a Minecraft world that raises up. I see Lydia way up there. And it's the world. As I run around and play, she's playing. can easily navigate and manip- manipulate the world using his voice and his hands. He's able to rebuild the world that she's the playing in. Pan around for different viewpoints and even look inside. He can look inside structures, he can look underground. Let's follow Lydia around for a bit. Follow player. I can zoom in and out for a better perspective. Closer. All the way in. Close up. Look at that. What are you up to, Lydia? I'm hopping in a minecart. Look at that. She's looking up at a real person. It's just mind-blowing. Let's take a ride down to the village. The idea of my kids playing this blows my mind. Now, there's a, I don't know how far the demo is, but there's a specific point I want to show you that's really cool. And, and, the, and the thing cool is, is they can create these worlds, right? These are not uh, these are worlds that uh, people like you know, uh, like for my case, my kids, but or my wife, they could create these worlds and then experience them like this in the living room together. Isn't 
Isn't it crazy that I see Sax just standing at the table, but through the HoloLens, he can see a whole Minecraft universe at his fingertips. They showed us a shot of the table without Minecraft. You can even really raise the entire world and see things that are normally hidden way underneath the ground. This would be so neat Could for the kids. Could you give us a sneak peek of what's under that village, Sax? Sure. Look what's underneath the place you've built. Grab the world, lift it up. Look at that. And let's see what's hiding underneath Lydia. Ooh, huge stronghold right underneath. I'm going to mark that for you. Mark that. And then it marks it. We're going to have to find a way to break in. I see it. I'm on my way there now. Now watch. Now, so there she's deploying. Now he has the person in the game. I'm placing some TNT so I can blow my way into this stronghold. He's placed a marker I, I for the player. I like those So you could say you could coordinate this. One person places using the marker. HoloLens, I have access to all console commands in Minecraft just using my voice. But um, I can just focus my gaze on the TNT and say lightning strike. He focuses his gaze on the TNT and lightning strike. Step back. <laughs> Whoa. There's a lot of materials down there I wouldn't have seen without you. And the water falls into the lava. Well, there's one more thing I want to do with lightning. I see a pig pen over here. I think the pigs need an upgrade. Do it. Lightning strike. God, that's there cool. There you have it. Zombie Pikmin. All right, so uh, that's HoloLens, and you can see there's one example of how you could use There's a lot of ways, but that's going to be an incredibly, com- incredibly uh, competitive product if they ever manage to ship it. Uh, the audience definitely seems Im- impressed when I, when I watched it the first time. And watching it back again, I was equally as impressed. Uh, Mumblem, did any of you actually get to see it, or could you only hear it? I was able to see it. What do you think? I, kind of wish, I, wish, I think it was an interesting use of the technology and good for that application, but yeah. I'm just like... How else can I you use that? On, yeah, I want to see where is this going to take us. I need more practical displays, man. Yeah. I kind of think that eventually this this is just like a stepping stone. And eventually, is gaming we'll, not good uh, enough transition. though? Like, what about what about a new category of amazing games? And it could, doesn't have to be Minecraft. It could be all kinds of games. Oh yeah, it could totally turn into other games. But I'm thinking like eventually this will lead to Hollow Decks at some oh, point. Yeah. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna have that projection in front of you and you know it might not be interaction that might be sometimes a way like feeling something that's projected solidly in your hand that's that's a far away but i think a definitely holodeck is something that we've been trying since like the 80s it might be more feasible with helping vr push that well and speaking of vr microsoft is also partnering with valve to make sure that their valve vr will work on windows 10 now yeah, no, Linux users, don't worry. Obviously, Valve's VR is going to work on SteamOS, so we sort of get uh, nice um, – uh, we get inherited that functionality. But Microsoft's not going to be left out of the game, and I actually think this is a good thing for VR overall. Uh, Microsoft and Valve say they want to make Windows 10 the best platform for VR. Uh, and remember, Valve's also partnering with HTC to make the Vive headset. Uh, the news comes on top of the last week's surprising announcement that Microsoft is also teaming up with Oculus to supply Oculus with the Xbox 360 controller. So Microsoft's hedging his bets as far as VR, and and then of course they're also building Hololens. They're not necessarily married to one technology, which I think is a smart move. They're ahead of uh, of Google and Apple in this area. Spazzy, you had something you wanted to add? Well, I just uh, listening to the uh, previous episode of Tech Talk today. You guys yeah. were talking about latency for, for remote, uh, remote surgery, surgery. Yeah. and so this would be a perfect combination. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually think HoloLens could be a, an amazing uh, companion for anybody that's doing any kind of work with their hands where they need to know information about the thing they're working with. 
Uh, that could be personal information about the patient. That could be health stats. You know, by the you know maybe they have they're hooked up to a to a to a machine monitoring their their pulse and their respiration, and that data could be sent to the Hololens overlaid as the doctor's making. Uh, whatever he's doing, or it could even be to a mechanic who's working on my transmission, and they have specific uh, information from Dodge on there about that that year's uh, make and model of transmission. Uh, or it could be a computer tech who needs to know what the speed and latency settings are of the RAM that he's putting in there to make sure it matches the other chips. I mean, like, you can see there's a huge spectrum for HoloLens there. Uh, medical is just the beginning, and medical would just be an easy one for X-ray. the X-ray? X-ray. Oh, X-ray vision? Because, <laughs> no, for a mechanic. I mean, can you imagine just being like, hold on, put on your goggles and just look into the block of the motor and be yeah. like, ah, oh, it's cracked. You're, you got to crack whatever, you know? Oof. Uh, or imagine, imagine taking it further and, like, we eventually have nanomachines that yeah. you can inject into someone to As diagnose them. And see, <laughs> well, yeah, I bet. I mean, you could totally use this con- in conjunction with other things to help things non-invasively yeah now the one piece of the puzzle that microsoft hasn't quite figured out they got virtual reality they're investing in they're obviously pushing forward on hololens doing some pretty compelling demos connect got no stage time connect got no game announcements uh in fact this opinion piece over on polygon says the connect is dead now i don't think that's true i think the connect is probably too useful in the overall grand scheme of things uh but uh Definitely, the Connect did not get very much love. The Connect is used in like most of these game making. Like all the all the like three D games are using basically tore down Connects. Like unless you have a huge motion capture studio, you're using Connects all across the board. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And, and, but those are connected <laughs> to computers, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's where Connect has. Still, I think Connect has a lot of potential there. I think. Uh, I, I wouldn't My be nephew uses one well on the Xbox, like he likes playing it. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, like you said, they're useful in other places other than just gaming on it. Yep. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um, there was a point in time where all of a sudden, like green screen technology became accessible to a lot of a lot of people outside of high end production. Connect might be doing that for motion capture. What about that? Right, right. Yeah, well, like it, like a webcam. Yeah. All of a sudden, you got oh, with my USB webcam, I could do a green screen thing mm-hmm. if I use this or that. And it's the same thing with motion capture. It's a good point. Uh, all right, and uh, now let's, we we got one more story to talk about before we get out of gaming. Is there any other E three? Oh, I guess I should make mention. I I really liked uh, Sony's uh, press conference. I thought that they had a pretty good show going. Uh, they had a lot of unique games that like were a little a little off the wall, a little weird, but. Uh, you know, I thought they were pretty. I thought like Sony had a pretty good showing, and they had some great exclusives too that they seemed pretty excited about. Uh, and they had the Call of Duty exclusive, which is always a really big deal. All right, before we go, we should check in real quick. The Nintendo Live conference is going on right now. Let's just see what they're doing before we run out of here. What is this? In the old days, when we needed to fix or change part of the course, it would get really messy if we tried to edit the original drawing. So we'd put this see-through paper on top to make edits. A lot of things might look familiar, but you can combine various elements from the different games to create entirely new stuff. Hmm. Like stacking different enemies on top of each other to make a huge tower. Man, Nintendo knows how to hit that nostalgia spot just right, don't they? Ooh, does that feel good? Ooh, mm, you like that? You want more of that? Buy our system, buy our system. Yeah, they're good at that. So the Nintendo one's going on right now. The uh, Oh, this does look really fun, though, I gotta say. I do kind of want it. 
put one underwater in Super Mario Maker, it will swim like a small shrimp. Mario can even take on the appearance of other characters. Tap a compatible amiibo, like Wii Fit Trainer, and Mario can turn into Wii Fit Trainer when he gets a mystery mushroom. <laughs> wow, okay, so they lost me again. Uh, yeah, so in the end, uh, I would say I was really, really pretty impressed by this E3. There's actually some pretty good games, but not a lot of launch dates announced. Uh, and I'm happy that uh, right now, I like where I'm at on the PC. If I was going to have to pick a console after all this E3 stuff, I think I liked, it. I liked what Sony was offering. I like some of the off-the-wall weird stuff that Sony had and the intense games they had really scratched a niche for me, too. So anyways, uh, that is it, I think, for our E3 coverage. I guess, is it still going on, right? It's still going on for... Oh, yeah, for two more days. Yeah. Today, there's some streams and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. YouTube's got a lot, uh, of definitely... live st- lot of live streams you can check out on you. Just, like, uh, li- just Google search uh, E3 live streams. You'll see a ton of good stuff. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. I think I think uh, Final Fantasy VII's remake is what will make me buy a Sony console. That if was it's huge. Coming to PC. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that got a big clap. A lot of nostalgia. A lot of nostalgia this year. Old games and uh, remakes and uh, that uh, Simu or whatever it is that's on Kickstarter. Um, oh, that already hit. It's cool. Like, yeah. I went to bed and today it's like two point four million dollars. It's like okay, this is getting me for sure. Yeah, it was neat. They brought they brought him out on stage and they showed the demo. It was really cool of Sony to do that. And he's just like, "Hey, it's not our it's not our game, but we want to give him some stage time." Uh, that's a great. That's a great. That was just a really classy thing to do. Yeah, I think it's important because I think um, it was originally on um, Sega's Dreamcast, I think, and so it's pretty much just mired in there. Mm-hmm. And now they can finally make it and finish it and give it out to their fans. It's cool. <laughs> Rika says that uh, when they announced it, it brought uh, it brought Kickstarter down. <laughs> the crash kickstarted. Uh, let's go see what it is. I don't remember what it is. I wonder if they have it on their front start. I wonder if they have it on their front page now. You'd think they would after a day like that. No, they don't. Hmm. Although I'm happy to see that the uh, Loving Spock documentary film, which I've backed, is almost completed. Oh, let's see, will it make it? Let's guess another Kickstarter to throw in there if, you, if you're curious. Uh, Leonard Nimoy's son, um, with 15 days to go. Is trying to get to six hundred thousand dollars to do a documentary about Leonard Nimoy for the love of Spock. He's at two hundred ninety now with fifteen days left to go, and it was really weird. I'm going to just play a second. If you're watching, the guy looks like Leonard Nimoy. Hi, I'm Adam Nimoy. I'm standing outside the Gower entrance to Paramount Pictures here in Hollywood. It's the same entrance that my father, Leonard Nimoy, used to use when he went to work on Star Trek: The Original Series back in the 1960s. Only back then, this wasn't Paramount Pictures. It was Desilu Studios. So it isn't kind of, kind of, for just when you walked in, it was, wow, that looks like Leonard Nimoy. So anyways, that's a Kickstarter that's going on as well. I have linked in the show notes if you guys want to get in on that. Wow, a lot of things, a lot of things this week. So I'll, I'll continue to watch the E3 stuff, and uh, we'll see what happens. And then uh, soon, soon we'll have our Valve news. Soon. Uh, before we go, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get uh, – I, I, I don't. I think it was Friday's episode that didn't make it out, and we lost two episodes last week. We gave you partial one, and then we lost another one. And then after I got done cutting on myself and uh, waterboarding myself, um, I cried, and then I decided to do another show. So I didn't get a chance to celebrate the fact that we hit 530. Well, I actually did celebrate it, but you didn't get a chance to hear it. That's probably the better way to put that. We celebrated. <laughs> you just never heard it. Uh, so we hit now at 537, so it's all in. Yeah, I'm going to go to Noah's house. He already knows about it. He's traveling right now, so when he gets back um, and settled and remembers that he has a wife and kids that he needs to say hi to, uh, then after all of that sort of uh, settled down, we'll schedule and book a time to go out there. And it is my goal, I hope, 
He wa- He has a crazy idea. He has an idea that if I'm not even going to say it, but he has a crazy idea. Uh, depending on how many supporters we get by the time I'm out there, um, but uh, I'm really excited because I'm going to go out there. We're going to see Noah's place. I'm going to do a segment from the boat for the Linux Action Show, and then after we're done having fun celebrating that and and having it, and really it's kind of like a chance for me to go out and see Noah because he always comes out here. And and once we get done with that. Uh, what my goal is, is to take the money that we're raising on this Patreon page and start applying it to the things that really drive me crazy, the stuff that we really have to get fixed, the stuff that's just sort of like barriers that are pe- preventing us from sort of pushing forward. We've had a lot of tech issues recently, and I think there's two, there's a two, well, there's three solutions to that. Number one solution would be to probably have some consistent cooling in here so things run at consistent temperature and aren't getting hot. Because there's a lot, there's, you know, 12 dozen different things in here that are generating a lot of heat. Uh, but number two would be I want some people on hand. I want to be able to, maybe even if it's a part-time person in studio, to sort of maintain things, keep things running, make sure the equipment's connecting, make sure things like Jitsi are working so that way when I sit down and do a show, Jitsi works, these kinds of things. Maybe it's not a full-time position, but that's somewhere where I'd like to begin to send some of this funding is maybe to have somebody come in and take some of the load off so that way. Or, for example, this is just a great example, uh, you might have noticed that for TechSnap 200, we celebrated TechSnap 200 by designing and commissioning a new logo. We hired a graphic artist. We had a new logo created for TechSnap. We sort of rebranded a little bit. That was, what, 17 weeks ago that we did that? The reason why you've never seen that, we haven't updated the intro graphics, we haven't updated the artwork, is because along with hosting the majority of the shows and researching and prepping the majority of the shows, I'm also the one that does the things like the artwork for the intros and the graphics and the outros and the bumps and the music and all of that. And if I don't have the time to do it because I'm doing all of those other things, it never happens. So what ends up happening from a very dysfunctional business standpoint is we go spend a bunch of money on a graphic artist to design us a logo to update the look of our show because this is 200 episodes and I never actually do anything with it because I never have the time. And it's silly because it's things like updating a motion file and updating a Photoshop file. Well... And that just takes time because I don't use a Mac very often, and so my workflow doesn't really involve that, and it never gets done. But there's no reason if we had just a little bit extra help, somebody even part-time that could come in and do these things to help move these things forward. Like, to, you know, there's another show we've been developing, another open-source show that we've been developing, but it takes time. It also needs an intro. It needs music. It needs all of these little format things. It needs bumps. It needs to figure out where sponsors can fit in if they can. And if we want to do it, like, oh, oh, we're going to do a Patreon. So, like, all these format things, all these decisions need to be made. And because I'm doing this, I'm not doing that. And I don't mind that. I love doing this. But I would like to be able to bring in some people to make sure that some of these things continue to happen. It really can't be Chris and Rikai in the studio all the time doing stuff and Angela at the headquarters keeping all the operations going. And then we have producers all over the place. And they really keep us moving forward. And without them, we would be completely wrecked. But we've got to bring some people in-house to keep these things moving forward that just don't ever get done. Now, there's a lot of ways from a business perspective I could pursue that. I could go get some more sponsors. That's a really safe bet. Because I could probably bring on one or two sponsors and I could probably hire somebody full-time. God, that would be amazing. That, when I think how that feels to me, that almost feels like salvation. However, I think long-term, that means I would become dependent on that sponsor revenue. I'm not necessarily totally opposed to that. I feel, when I think about that, I don't feel totally clean. I prefer the, I prefer the feeling of that, of that revenue, although taking longer, coming from the community. I feel like the more aligned we are with our community, 
the more that they are our investor, the more that we are financially tied to the community, to our audience members, the better aligned everyone at the company's priorities are. I like, because, because I want you to trust the content that we produce. I mean, that is, that's the advantage to things like podcasts over mainstream media is you kind of know where our intentions lie. And boy, do you know where our intentions lie when you are the boss. So we're at 537 now. I'm celebrating by going to Noah's house. That's not what this is about. That's me saying thank you. And that's actually me sort of, in a way, saying thank you to Noah and coming to him for all the traveling he does. But what, what that 530 really is, is it's me turning the corner, and now I'm starting to build momentum going to the next phase. We're starting to go to the next phase on this thing to really push the network up. Because, you know, it's summertime now. It's time to, that's, when I like to, that's when I like to buckle down and get things done. Sunshine out. The yellow, Earth's yellow sun gives me energy and strength, and I take advantage of that. Patreon.com slash today. I would like you to go there and become part of what we're trying to build. You literally become part of it. And you get access to the activity feed when we can post things that are exclusive just to our patrons as a way to say thank you. Patreon.com slash today. And thank you to all 537 of you. You guys are awesome. Now, we're going to get out of here. I intend to be here all week this week. But if anything comes up, like, you know, the kid uh, is uh, no longer uh, in uh, kindergarten. He's on summer break. So you just never know what's going to happen. So what I will do is I will try to be judicious about updating the calendar if I can't make a show. Go to uh, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And uh, at Colors, you can also follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash chrislas, or the network, Jupiter Signal on Twitter. And I invite you, I plead with you, make the show even better at techtalktoday.reddit.com. Kickstarters of the week, awesome E3 stuff. Big shout out to Micro89 for submitting a bunch of uh, the really the best of the best E3 trailers. I grabbed one of the ones he submitted. But if you do want, if you get nothing else from E3, just go watch some of the game porn. It is such great trailers this year, and uh, Micro's been grabbing them. Thank you for doing that, and and thank you everybody else who's submitting stories to the subreddit. Let's end today with the game trailer yesterday that nearly broke the internet. When Star Wars Battlefront trailer played, it broke all records for YouTube for 2015. It broke Twitter. And Reddit freaked the F out. It was a huge deal. And I didn't understand why. Because oh, Star Wars, Battlefront, okay, Star Wars. And then I watched the trailer. And I watched the trailer. It is a damn good trailer. That's how we're going to end today. Sit back and enjoy this. And if you're on the audio, go look it up on YouTube. It's up there. It's a great trailer. Find it in our subreddit, techtalktoday.reddit.com. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I'll see you right back here tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Have a great day. And now, enjoy this trailer. Actual gameplay footage, it says.
Taken out. 